boys, little boys are given messages and they're reinforced through, you know, movies and music and, you know, attitudes, women and children first type of things, you know, thinking that is in our culture. So men are afraid of being perceived as weak. So I have a good friend that really clearly you can see physically he needs some help. He could benefit. And I was telling him like, you know, I did it. You know, he goes, well, I think I'm, I'm, I'm I don't want to be weak. Uh, and see, that's where I'm going. No, it's just the opposite right now. You know, to, to hold your head up and admit where you are and um, go past the fear of the judgment or you judging yourself. That's, that's strength. That's not weakness to run from something seems more like weakness, but I understand it. So, you know, the idea that, that a guy is going to be the provider and protector, and then he can't even take care of himself. Those are the sorts of irrational thoughts that go through. You can build the heart of a lion with a strong mind and spirit because a lion's natural state is one of safety through courage, strength, and power. Hi, I'm the shepherd and pastor, Dr. Matt Hook. And I'm the shrink, Dr. Marty Fletcher. This is the show where theology meets psychology or mental health meets spirituality. Welcome to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast. Marty, I have a question for you. Ask it. Let me give a background and then my question. I have never been in my life to the point where I thought I need to call a professional for psychological help. Mm -hmm. I think there have been points in my life where it would have been a beneficial thing for me to do. However, I never got to that moment. I never emailed the website. I never picked up the phone to do that. But I think that there are a lot of people in my boat. Oh, yes. Matter of fact, about 30% of people who need it, get it. 20 to 30% need help. They just won't get it for, for a variety of reasons we can discuss. Why? would somebody not get help that they need? If your car's out of gas, you know you need to go to the gas station. Yes. If your life is out of whack, I mean, you can listen to Oprah or Dr. Phil or go online and look things up. Yeah. And that's a crap shoot. All That's mostly just crap. Yeah. <laughs> Heavy on the crap, light on the shoot. Light on the shoot. <laughs> but... What is it about the stigma? I'm sure mm -hmm. people who go into psychology as a career and open a practice, and in case people didn't know, when you opened your practice, you always had your license, even though you were doing a lot of entrepreneurial stuff yeah. and venture mm -hmm. capital kind of things. When you opened your practice, you filled your schedule and had to open up more time slots until it got to be such a burden you had to hire other people. And that happened in like two and a half months, three months, you were booked solid. Yeah, yeah, it was fast. That I've yeah. never seen somebody open up a practice and have that happen. You know, these days it might be happening more because like there's such a demand, the unmet demand. But yeah, that was, you know, 2015. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we, let's just get right into it. Uh, okay, I see a, a variety of reasons. People come to me when I'm the last resort. I've tried everything I can. And when they get to the point generally that they say unmanageable, I have, this is the last chance I got us to go in. And um, I've done therapy and I've, I've done it even recently when Kathy got sick with cancer and whatever, because I learned something that I didn't know before, because I could have benefited from um, mental health services really early on, had a lot of anxiety and some PTSD, um, but I was too ashamed to go. Okay, because um, what's different about if I break an arm, 
I'm like, okay, I broke my arm. Even if I was doing something stupid, it was like, okay, I tried a cool trick on the trail and I broke my arm, but there's no shame involved in that. Well, when it comes to mental health, that is almost a, a synonym for am I worthwhile or worthless? Am I crazy? Am right. I crazy? That's the other thing, because look, we, we throw that around as a pejorative term, right? You're crazy, which means incompetent, incapable, different than the rest of us in a bad way. Right. Should be locked up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so so that's some of it, just the, the shame. Now, now, I came to believe about the opposite of that. I wasn't being tough by, you know, staying to myself and not getting help. I was actually afraid. I was afraid of what people might think. I was afraid I might see someone in there. I was afraid of really admitting that, look, I need help. I can't handle this um, all by myself. I need somebody who has some um, expertise that I don't have. That's a lot of it. And in Christianity, though, there is a tension sometimes between mental health and the spirituality. Okay, and I just read an article recently. It was Orthodox Church warning people about, you know, these are Russian Orthodox warning people about mental health services, right? Because it, it, there's so much of the Western thinking involved. Yeah, worldview issues. Yeah, worldview issues, exactly. Uh, so there's some of that too. You know, if you just prayed harder, all your trauma would go away and you wouldn't need, you know, anyone to help you get through it. Right. You know, whatever has happened with the inflammation in your body will just go away. You won't have any other behavioral changes or learning that's required, you know, so that that's part of the tension. I think in the church, do you see that? Yes. Yeah. And yet at the same time, we have steps almost, I feel like I operate like a triage nurse. Sometimes if somebody says, I need to see you, they're already at a point of some kind of crisis or or a level of confusion or a level of just seeking help and which is a really healthy thing. And I'm always glad Mm -hmm. to meet with someone. And from there I can determine do they just need this time with me to share something and to pray over something? Or do they need what we have a program called Stephen Ministry at our church? And it's, you know, 15 people who have put in 50 hours of coached learning and listening to come alongside people going through difficult seasons of their life, like losses of loved ones. We have some support groups. We also have small groups, which are kind of just a most often a weekly group of people. Some people are just ready for a small group. They need community. Yes. And that's going to help 95% of what they're going through. We were not wired to be as alone and as isolated as all of us have been. And and I'm talking pre-COVID too. But then there's also some people that need professional counseling. And so I have a short list of professional counselors that I refer people to, mm-hmm. um, including Renew Hope Counseling. Thank you. You guys. And then also then there are times where somebody is so distraught that I would say, you know what, we need to go to an inpatient kind of a thing. And I think it would be really wise for us to get you there. I don't think I've ever driven anybody to the hospital. It's never been quite that acute in the people who have come to see me. But they even have to go through a lot to say, hey, I'm going to call this pastor of this church and set up a meeting. Mm-hmm. They have to get to some point of, of helplessness or need to be able to do that. Well, why are we so reluctant? Okay, so there is a difference. There's a sex-based difference too. So women are more likely to go to get help. I think there are a lot of reasons for that. They're more relational. They're more verbal. They speak sooner when they're children and um, use language and 
bit more clever than most men. <laughs> he says, because I've had these guys come in and, they, and uh, the wife will tell me when they are again. And just like um, the guy will say, uh, you, you're too fast for me. You can outthink me. You know, that happens sometimes. So that's some of it. I have a little list here. One is um, men are giving uh, boys, little boys are giving messages and they're reinforced through, you know, movies and music and you know, attitudes, women and children first type of things, you know, thinking that is in our culture. So men are afraid of being perceived as weak. So I have a good friend that really clearly you can see physically he needs some help. He could benefit. And I was telling him like, you know, I did it. You know, he goes, well, I think I'm, 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 I don't want to be weak. Uh, and see, that's where I'm going. No, it's just the opposite right now. You know, to, to hold your head up and admit where you are and um, go past the fear of the judgment or you judging yourself. That's, that's strength. That's not weakness to run from something seems more like weakness, but I understand it. So, you know, the idea that, that a guy is going to be the provider and protector, and then he can't even take care of himself. Those are the sorts of irrational thoughts that go through. Can I say something about weakness? Please. Yeah. In a lot of my leadership training, there is a great moment in companies and teams and ministries where the leader names their weaknesses. Oh, really? And I, I care too much. Anybody say I care too much? <laughs> that's not usually one of them. <laughs> but here's what's so great too about nice. that. When you share with the people that you are leading your weaknesses, you're not sharing any new information with them. Oh, that's true. They already know your weaknesses. Yes. And so what, well, the only thing that they're basically thinking is, oh, I'm glad he knows it. I'm glad he's aware of it because everybody around you, chances are everybody around you has seen your weaknesses. We think mm -hmm. we're covering ourselves up. We think we're covering up the, our tracks of whatever it is. But the truth is people see us of course. way more of us than we think we're showing. You, you know, and that comes up a, a lot I've seen and me and other people too is um, weight gain. Like, okay, you know, your clothes are tighter, you know, that, you know, you, you put on some weight, but then when somebody else says it, it's like, it's almost like we believe they can't see it, but we can, or we hope. Right. Right. So do not be afraid of your weaknesses. Do not be afraid to admit your weaknesses because chances are nine out of 10 people who know you are aware of them. Is our strength is perfected in our weakness or his strength is perfected in our weakness? What's that line in second yeah. Corinthians? Second Corinthians in our weakness. God is strong in our weakness. Uh -huh. Christ is strong. Yeah. But yeah. The, yeah, the translation, I saw something some like perfected. I was like, that's a really strong uh, statement because mm -hmm. there is this feeling of relief by just telling the truth. I am struggling right now. And there's some hope that can come through it too. I think, you know, cause I am struggling. I've tried everything. Nothing's getting better. What have I not tried asking for some help by somebody who has spent a lot of years practicing and studying things that you haven't, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? Right. And who have been equipped and, yeah. and empowered. Also, our professions, like healthcare in general, is being dominated by women, really. Um, hmm. Like if you take a look at pediatrics and, um, you know, general practicing doctors, and especially in our field. So, you know, there aren't great models of men. Like this is something that men do, too. Men definitely go uh, to get a physical, but why not this? You know, some of the language is, you know, too soft for the guys. Like if you come to a guy and say, hug your inner child, he's probably going to be turned off by it, that those kinds of things. So, yeah, you know, the Stuart Smalley on Saturday Night Live type of thing. So then guys don't want to be affiliated with that. It seems uh, too soft right. You know? right. or they feel like a failure is the other thing. 
like, okay, I should have my act together by now. I'm fronting to, so people will think that mm-hmm. I don't want to blow my front. Right. Hide um, my incompetence. Right. Right. Being uh, incompetent. Yeah. And then, and then sometimes people just, um, everything and everybody else is more important than me. Mm-hmm. Right. The dog, the family, whatever. I don't have the resources for that. You know, I don't have the money for that sort of thing. So they don't prioritize their own health and take care of themselves because they don't know the value that that brings everybody around them, mm-hmm. you know, to be healthy, to be, have a good mood, show up in a good, with a good mood. Oh man. Yeah. There's too much at stake to let it go. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the people ought to do this for general health before you get too sick. You know, the best disease is the one that doesn't happen. Right. Right. An ounce of prevention is mm-hmm. the pound better of cure. than a pound of cure. Yeah. Yeah. But pride, it comes down to pride. And that's what, as Christians, that's the thing that we need to guard against. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our self-sufficiency. I don't yes. need God. I yeah, can do right. this. Right. I'm or, right. And you, or anybody else for that matter. Right. Right. I'm strong. Yeah. So that's kind of goes both ways. Like uh, it's either too much emphasis on, um, I, I don't want to say too much emphasis on God, but just exclusive emphasis on God is if God doesn't like his stuff and his people, mm-hmm. it wouldn't bring that in to help you. Right. Um, that I'm, I'm all on my own there. I'll just pray and this whole thing will go over. And sometimes it probably does. I don't know. But um, in general, we can't do much of anything important alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I've seen. Oh, yeah. Do you know it's coming up on graduation season around here? And I've seen a lot of kids get that book. Oh, the places you'll go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what that book, it's fun. I love Dr. Seuss, but there's a huge flaw in that book. Okay. The huge flaw in the book, Oh, the Places You'll Go by Dr. Seuss is this. The person is always alone. The person is always alone. In that book. If you read that book. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just this one person with all these crazy, cool Martian landscapes and big wilderness places. They are never with a friend. They're never with a family. They're never with a community. They're always alone. That's interesting. The places you're not going to go because you're trying to do it alone. Uh Uh-huh. That's a good, see, that's how these things get subtly reinforced. You know, thousands and thousands of messages that it's just you, buddy. Lone Ranger. Don't don't burden other people with your problems, right? Because right. That, it would be a burden. Interesting, man. You just reminded me of something. Um, and I forgot it as soon as you reminded important. Oh, I've been doing some research on why people don't like themselves. Because that that's gosh, it's almost ubiquitous how judgmental people are about themselves and contemptuous about it. And so um, oddly enough the best way to feel better about yourself and to start accepting yourself and liking yourself is focus on other people. Yeah. Focus on other people, be kind to other people. Mm -hmm. That's the way. I mean, that's in my experience, that is the way. If you want to check to see if you have any worth, be of value to someone and watch them respond to you. And, and, and by that, I, I don't mean you have to paint their fence. I'm talking about, you know, just have a kind word, listen to them talk to them. So by not focusing on ourselves, we like ourselves more. Right. Well, you know, I even was talking about this two days ago in church and the idea, uh, I was talking about Ruth and Naomi and 
Naomi moved to a foreign country. Her husband died. Her two sons married Moabite women. Both her sons died. She's this widow. And her daughters-in-law are widowed. And Ruth says, I'm sticking with you. Your God's going to be my God. Goes as a Moabite woman back to Israel when this drought is over and doesn't sit around and bemoan her situation. She starts taking care of her mother-in-law, Naomi. And so she starts going out to the fields and gleaning the wheat because God said, leave some grain over on the stalks for the poor who don't have any other source of buying what they need to make bread. And now notice they didn't just give it to the poor. The poor had to go out and glean it themselves. And Ruth's doing this. And the people in the community noticed, gosh, she's not even an Israelite. And yet she's doing this. In other words, Ruth took a solutions-based approach to her healing. She took a solutions-based approach to her therapy, to getting better versus sitting around or posting about it or complaining about it or wallowing in it. It doesn't mean it's going to fix everything, but it's sure going to open up opportunities, which it did for Ruth. Yes. So self-help is kind of like other help, right? Yeah. The best way to self-help is to help others. Yeah. It it seems it works with loneliness too. So we're looking at people who are, are lonely. I have some people that they complain, understandably, that they don't have good relationships in their life. But a couple of them I asked, I go, do you like people? <laughs> and they didn't know, right? They didn't know if they like people. They couldn't say it. So I'm saying, isn't that odd, though, that you're, you're missing something really important and you want it for yourself, but you're not sure that you would give it to other people? Maybe there's a connection between those two things. Mm-hmm. If you want to feel, I've said this before, and you can... I want someone to give me a good argument against it because I haven't heard it yet. I don't think that you receive love and feel it. Like you're an antenna and the radio signal comes in and then the radio signal gets through to your antenna and then suddenly, you know, you're feeling love. I don't think it works. I think you feel other things, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it's that quality of like trust and joy that you feel. You will feel it if you're giving it though. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's like any other activity. Like if I want to feel what it's like to run, I want to run. Right. If I want to feel love, I have to love. But yeah, these folks kind of think that they want to be adored or something like that, but they're not sure that they're so pro-love that they want to do it. (laughs) They want you to do it. Right. They're more pro themselves than they are pro-love. Yeah. And they don't know it. They have no good models of it. So yeah, that's really, really powerful. Mm The one thing that you need is the one thing you need to give away. Yeah, that's right. And it's right in your grasp. You just, you just didn't know it. Mm-hmm. Powerful. What else is on your list about people not seeking help, men especially? Well, that, that was my list. I mean, I'm sure there are many other reasons. Yeah. But you t- well, the other thing is this, it's fear. So, because I, I was always, like, there are two ways to change your life, you know, broadly speaking. Okay. They're the people who are like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get in shape or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Um, study this, learn a language. And then they're excited and they move forward. Then there are the other ones that go like, ah, I really should get in shape. Uh, and, they're, and they won't do it. And I think what it is, is it's fear, mm-hmm. right? And that, that's like, okay, maybe it's fear. No, I th- really think it is. It's this. That's going to be unpredictable. I might fail. I don't want to feel what that's like. It might be too hard to do it. It's too much work or whatever. In other words, and there's this low level of fear that's called dread, or there's a higher level of fear. Like, I don't even want to think about it. So that's going to be another reason that people don't want to, to, to come in. 
you know. I've heard it said a lot. People prefer the hell of a predictable situation rather than risk the heaven of an unpredictable one. Yeah, it's a devil you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're so good at self-deception. Yeah, and, and people confuse familiarity with safety, right? Because you just know where it's going to go at least. Like, okay, yeah, I get, do get yelled at a lot by my spouse and um, they do ignore me or whatever. But I can't imagine being alone. Or but I that's can't just imagine. how it is. Yeah, yeah, I can't imagine. Or that's just how it is because that's how it always was for them. And it's familiar, but it's not safe. Your blood pressure goes up. You have an unsatisfying life. You can get depressed or anxious. So you get into your sleep and your appetite and et cetera, et cetera. Have you done something that has been a surprise or unpredictable or that you feared recently in the last years? I always try to do those things. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll tell you a good model for these things because I started doing these again. I kind of dropped it for a while. Cold showers. I mean, people, people, I, look, I've seen stud men be afraid of a cold shower. It's pure anxiety. It's Me. Just pure, <laughs> right. The stud man part. Right. Yeah. They're, they're, they, they really fear that. But uh, oddly enough, I'm not joking either. It's, it's a, not only are there some really great positive, you know, endocrinological, Endocrine, what's the word I'm looking for? Endocrinology. What's the word? Endocrinology. Get that out there. there. There's some very powerful hormone uh, effects, hormonal effects that come from that. How long do you have to be in a cold shower? Well, so so we don't know yet. There's two lines of thinking that it's just activating the system uh, for a short period of time may give the same benefits. I'll go. I'll I'll, I'll do a spa, right? Um, for like an hour. I think you're not supposed to do it that long, but I do. And then um, I'll go and do a cold shower, which makes it more tolerable. But, uh, you know, several minutes, I, I, nothing but cold. I just, you know, shampoo and all that stuff. And, mm -hmm. But I have to do this. I got to go. I got to get myself psyched up. And I go, bring it. And just just bring it. I'm going to tolerate this oh, and whatever. Man. And then it starts feeling really good, too. So I'm not like I'm not like a masochist or anything like that. I'm not trying to hurt <laughs> myself. But you feel so good. When you, it's like when you were outside playing in Michigan, you know, and you got wet and cold mm -hmm. in the snow, whatever. And you take your clothes off, put on some PJs and yeah. you just feel all calm and relaxed. That's what it is. But you, you have to get past the fear mm -hmm. first and just accept it. It's a good model for emotional regulation, actually, I think. Wow. Yeah. For me, it was the first time I went to CrossFit was a recent. Like, yeah fearful walking and not knowing a thing, not knowing any of the terminology. Yeah. Can I, I do everything? Before. Right. How much am I going to be judged for what I can't lift or can't do or can't jump? Yeah. And it was awesome. It was, it was real. It was very empowering. And for some people, even listening to the podcast and maybe taking a less safe step of reaching out to somebody to say, I need help. I need a guide. I need attention to focus on my own health and see if this is true or not. People don't want to be a burden to other people. Right. But generally don't you like to help people to feel like you've done something positive for another person? They're the same way. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, if, if you, if, if you'll be vulnerable enough to be honest about it, they're, they're, they're not going to judge you. They're going to feel what you're feeling and want to help you. So that's another reason people don't get help. I think, you know, well, they got, they're too busy. They got their own problems. They don't want to hear my stuff or whatever. That's not the people I know. Right. Let them catch you off guard. Maybe that's it. We got to let our guard down. We got to let your guard down.
What a breakthrough that would be. Hey, listen, this is so good. Let me pray for us. Lord God, I thank you that you can break down every barrier between us and what it means to walk with you and to seek you. And I ask that you would enable any one of us who are in need to be able to do so in the strength of your love. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast. You can check out the show notes from this episode, get free resources, discover more about our work, and all the ways to subscribe so you never miss an episode of the show. Head over to drmartinfletcher.com.